Well, the Sharks win what can only be described as a astonishing victory tonight against the Calgary Flames. Uh, you know, fighting through some adversity. I'm going to try and fight through some adversity through this uh, sinus infection. And uh, on we go. <laughs> All that and more after the break. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and teal together and interact with us, chat with us and uh, fellow Sharks fans on the social media. That would be the Twitter, the Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Reddit, and of course all the shenanigans going down on the Discord. Check everything out on tealtownusa.com for all your news, editorials, and opinion pieces. Well, I'm joined by two gentlemen and scholars that would be Mr. <laughs> Mr. Ian Blog Sharks and uh, Mr. Al Martinet. How are you guys doing uh, this evening? I am neither of those things. Yeah, like the record. dollars. <laughs> I'm cool well, with that, but Jesus. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we got to start somewhere, right, guys? Um, and uh, I mean, the Sharks. Uh, pulling out an improbable victory tonight. Can I get your wide brush thoughts there, Al? Uh, this was Hill's bounce back game. Uh, this was his first game after the St. Louis game, which I thought was one of his worst uh, games this season. And honestly, this is a game that he stole for the Sharks. Um, the Sharks really didn't deserve a point tonight. This was basically the Flames game that they should have had. And Unlike last year, they that this is a game that the Sharks would have never gotten. Yeah, Ian, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I echo most of that, right? Um, you know, I give the I give the Sharks a lot of credit for the way they played the third period, but um, yep. in a previous year, I don't know if they are even like. I think if this is a like a two years ago, that third period is just nothing but fights and shenanigans because the game's already so far out of hand. Um, that what are they going to do, right? Um, I'm 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 getting I'm I'm really looking forward to this Colorado game because I'm kind of this this whole novelty of you know the this roster as it is currently is is worn off now. I, I want to get back to like the full strength. Team. But I mean, I, I, honestly, I mean, what are we watching though? Because it's like the team is—I wouldn't say playing poorly, but I—I I would say that they're also not, um, you know, producing a lot. And I feel like you know they're just producing enough offense. Is it really that my eyes could be deceiving and we're getting sub 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 decent goaltending? Is that is that a thing? I think, I mean, look at tonight, goaltending was a huge factor. Like Aiden Hill had just an amazing game tonight. And without Aiden Hill, this is a completely different game. Yeah. Um, but like at the same time, it's like this team, this, I mean, this Flames team is pretty good. Like they've come out to a good start. And I, I think they got goalie tonight. If I'm a Flames fan, I'm probably pretty pissed off right now. But because of the, the roster that we put out, like I, again, like I, for someone who's supposed to come on here and be angry all the time, like 
the Sharks really haven't done anything this year that has really made me angry. Like, even through the first two periods, I wasn't mad. I was just like, okay, yes, I get it. The Sharks aren't that good because we have too many call-ups, replacements, filling in for, for key guys in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't think there, there, if there is a air of negativity it's um, coming from me, that's it, not what I'm trying to uh, put out there because, I mean, honestly, the team really, if, if anything, it's more astonishment because the team is hanging around with, you know, a team that's in contention, you know, for top spots in the division. And, you know, it's it's a good test of the physicality that they would face, you know, in and amongst, you know, the Pacific Division. So for me, at least, I come at it as, boy, they can hold their own. And it's what am I watching as far as defensively, as far as structurally? It's I, I can't believe it. I, I it just looks completely different from the team that we saw last year i mean this in that team doesn't stop working that that's the difference between yeah. this year's team and last year's team is this year's team does not stop working the hard hat is on all the time and it's not the flashiest and it's not the most skilled team but it's a team that so far hasn't stopped working yet yeah yeah and uh christian ruiz thank you so much for the uh for the super chat donation uh he says he misses william eckland i think we all do <laughs> sure should, i do too. <laughs> yeah he, he should have filed for year. amnesty <laughs> starting a gofundme for a bus ride back <laughs> appreciate it um yeah i mean i think goaltending has been good i think defensively structured but i think ian also points it right out on the head is is just the quit there is no quit and they're buying into you know what um you know bob bugner is is selling so in that first period uh the sharks i would say come out in a in a decent fashion um it felt like very probative they it looked like teams that hadn't played each other in in a you know year plus and so it kind of just kind of getting a feel for it. Um, and, and the shots on goal would end up being four to eight in favor of Calgary. I think kind of Calgary came in about midway through that period and really started to kind of pour it in. You started to see their four check. You started to see kind of Kachuk bear down uh, on the defenseman and they kind of started to roll. Um, they, I, I would, if I look at the, the um, possession stats it would not surprise me if calgary just dominated on that in that first period what are your thoughts on the first period ian i think again like i don't think it was it was because of lack of effort i think calgary was just all over them um calgary really aggressive um you know a lot of the a lot of the chances that the sharks had on the very few shots that they had they were all one and done like they would you know one guy would go to the net and then the play was over and it was back yeah. to the sharks end um but so it wasn't like a, i i don't think they i don't think they got it worked i just think they got outplayed yeah and i think that that's kind of kind of where i was going with there it was just a very heavy forecheck from calgary and i just felt like you could see that the talent mismatch and and that's you know that that is uh, what you would get when you're playing seven guys from the cooter right um right. al al what, what uh, were you gonna say i'm sorry i mean even in like just to follow up uh, ian's point like most of the sharks shots or pretty much all their chances all came from the slot so mm -hmm. and that really just wasn't there in the second period some of that which was just dumping 
pray that Hill stands on his feet, which he did, but like the Sharks at least had some offensive pressure in that first period. Um, that completely went away, of course, in the second period. Well, and I think some of that pressure came from the two power plays, right? I think there was a power yeah. play a minute 43 yeah. in, um, and then there was the, the second power play, which I thought was the better looking looking of the two. I think, um, you know, it, towards the latter half of, of the second, um, 1835 is when Tanev took a trip against Balsers. And I mean, this is a this is right now a middle of the pack. I think what they came in at fifteenth or sixteenth tonight on the on the power play, and so I'm looking for that power play to kind of turn it up a little bit. Um, you don't really see it tonight, um, but guys, I mean, is that just depleted manpower? Is that is that where what's coming out here? Yeah, I think it's partially that, and I think it was partially like it's hard playing on the defensive end of the puck, right? Because you don't like when you're controlling the play and you're in the offensive zone, then you can kind of, you kind of control, you know, getting guys off and uh, making line changes and getting fresh bodies on the ice. When you're playing in your zone for extended periods of times, it's harder to get those line changes. It's harder to get guys off the ice and get fresh guys on. And I think, so when you play a game where you're spending so much time in the defensive zone, that grinds you down. And grinds you down that quickly. I mean, the Sharks are missing Timo Meyer, Eric Carlson, yeah. Velasic, a bank, Nieto. Like, that's a solid third line and part of your D line right there. So, like, all, those players are not going to be available for Winnipeg on Thursday. So, like, you know, I, I think it's pretty good for the way the Sharks have been performing the last five to six games. Um, but eventually, your rookies are going to get tired. Um, yeah. and just not having team on the lineup is huge. Yeah. And you're asking, you're asking a lot, like, especially again, a team like Calgary who can really cycle the puck around. You're, you're asking a lot of, uh, those defensemen to try and, you know, break up those plays and stop those talented guys from, from moving the puck around. And I thought that, uh, the, some of the defensemen did look a little, uh, overwhelmed, uh, against the, the flame cycle. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think I think you could definitely sense that the team um, really did start to get fatigued. And, and again, I think it was the, the big bodies of the of the flames doing a really good job down low cycling the puck. Um, and, you know, I think also, too, it's still a feeling out process for the new guys on the black end on the back end. And um, one guy that I would really like to highlight, though, who I think was a very pleasant surprise tonight was Ryan Merkley. I thought he was doing a great job breaking the puck out um, and, and not doing too much. Ian. And I think this was a guy that we've always said if he kind of stays in his lane, you know, and and plays to to his ability within, you know, his designated spot on the ice and you know not be too flashy this is a player that can you know really drive play and i think we saw him break out really well yeah i i i've been this has been a really good showing i think this whole time that he's been up has been a really good showing for for ryan merkley and i don't know what the plan's gonna be when everyone comes back and everyone's healthy i think like me i would probably keep him in the lineup will he probably stay no he's probably going back to the barracuda and i don't agree with that but i think he's done a really good job um in basically being up there's not really much i've been angry at with his game i think he had a 
bad shift against New Jersey that because of the time, the timing of said bad shift, I think yeah. it would leave a bad taste in some people's mouth. But I think it, if if that bad bad shift doesn't happen during that goal, I, I don't think people would have much negative to say about Ryan Merkley right now. Um, yeah. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I'm could, more. Cons- oh, go ahead, Al. I was like, I'm more concerned about what do you do with Cynic because. If you know you have Merkley, you have Middleton, who has also been pretty good this year. Um, like if Simic is like you know not so good, the next five or six games he comes back, do you potentially just float him out there as a trade ship, um, get that contract out of your books? Well, I mean uh, that was kind of what I was where I was kind of going with this because it seems like there's going to be a glut of back-end pieces, guys. I mean, because not only that, but Hataka has looked very good. I think we've yeah. all been very happy with, with his play in his own end. So they're going to have two, maybe two extra defensemen, maybe one offensively kind of minded defenseman and maybe one one or two uh, defensive kind of um defenseman and and yeah but here's here's the problem right like i've got seven million reasons why mark Edwards <laughs> <is playing. laughs> okay you you had that one ready to go <laughs> right so i mean you, you really if if you like shimmick i i i don't want to beat up on the guy right but like shimmick is a guy that i probably throw through waivers and just hope to god somebody says yeah okay and then let the other guys fight. I think once Middleton comes back, I think Middleton's just a guy. But his pairing with Carlson, when they were together before all this COVID stuff happened, and I've said this many a show, and I'll say it again, that was the best D pair this team had, was the Carlson. So you don't screw with that just arbitrarily. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I, I think you have, unfortunately, you're going to have to make a choice with with Shimmick for sure, but I mean, like, let's not kid ourselves. Mark Edward Plastic is going to waltz right back in and play the next as many games as he humanly can. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, as as good as some of these guys have looked, I just I don't I I think maybe Shimmick. But then again, you know, Shimmick's one of those guys that you know, like, he's going to be a boogie guy. I don't. I think it might go back to the status quo, and I think it's unfortunate because I think, like you say, like guys like Hatika have looked really good. Guys like Merkley, I've been really, really impressed with in his uh, in his NHL stint, and I would like to see them get more time. But I think once the big boys come back, they're probably just taking their spots. And before COVID, Eric Carlson was playing pretty well. So yeah, it was the best pair. Like that that pair, yeah. Middleton and Carlson, was the best pair before COVID. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and. I mean, I also want to maybe talk a little bit about how the team is continuing to – I see a different kind of work ethic in this team. And it doesn't matter from what player to what player is kind of coming up and filling those roles. But these are guys that are really dedicated to the system and Mm -hmm. really buying into what Bob Bugner is selling. And again – completely different than we saw last year and i don't know if that you're was... seeing a team this year last year yeah. you saw a bunch of individuals yeah. a lot of it like a lot of the problems last year were guys just doing their own thing yeah um quickly we got we got a, uh some quotes coming in thank you aj um everybody's showing up uh like the guys uh from the cuda at showing up and wanted to be a part of it and i guess just being a part of the team and uh, you know, I think 
like like you had said, really trying to make their mark on you know on spots and making it difficult for Doug Wilson. Um, uh, can I answer Steve Rector's question here? Because he said they're all skating gate, aren't they? What's the issue for the Winnipeg game? The issue with the Winnipeg game is they would have to cross the border, which they cannot do because the NHL's okay. yeah, because they have they they can't they can't come into Canada because it hasn't been 14 days for those guys since they've had a negative test, so they can't cross the border. That's the issue. Continue. <laughs> uh, so we got uh, from Logan. Everyone is bought in on this group, and they may not be pretty every single night. Tonight certainly wasn't a masterpiece, but it's working hard uh, with uh, to get the win. And and I totally agree. I mean, I think Logan um, and, and just all of the team, I think, is really pulling in the right direction. Um, so going into that second period, um, the shots would be really i mean going into it at the very beginning you know we get the we get the goal from um alexander uh, barbanov and uh barabanov and just a really a great individual effort you know as he crashes the net i think this is one of the first this is uh aiden hilgen his first nhl point uh and brant burns with just a great you know sick outlet pass and you know he crashes into the net and guys i mean when he's been given an opportunity um Bear Bonoff has really shown that he belongs up here and and is a top six forward. Um, I mean, now what are you seeing from from Bear Bonoff that you're liking, and and what do you think he adds to his line mates? I just like they're stretching the ice. Like last mm-hmm. year, you didn't really see that. I mean, Brent Burns has the capability to do that, but last year that just wasn't there, or they just didn't have the players to at least have that threat. Um, you gotta love that pass, and you also just love the finish. Um, you know, I, I just like the speed on the ice for this year's squad much better than last year's. Yeah, I think the speed on the ice is definitely been changed, and I think that again, it's just the type of work ethic that we are seeing from the team. It, it just, like I said, night and day, and. Yeah, right, yeah, go he's ahead, a skilled guy. He, he's a skilled guy, and I think that's the other thing too. Is like, you're seeing guys that are put in a position to succeid. Like uh, a bear. Like I feel like previously, like some of those guys would get miscast, and you know they wouldn't produce, and then they get stuck on like a third line doing nothing. Where these guys continuously get chances to succeed, and I think him, Rudy Balsers is another guy. Like they just they're always in the right place. They they play. You know, like, I don't think their games are going to be, like, super... They're not McDavid, but they're they're solid. Like, they're just fundamentally solid. They're, they're not super special superstars, but they're they're just good hockey players that seem to be in the right place, know where they're going, seem to know where their line mates are without, you know, without really knowing. And I think it's just that cohesion's really come together really quick this year. Yeah, yeah, and and I think you've also seen the creativity of Balsers. There were a couple of different zone entries where he kind of um, did some backhanded. Um, he did a backhand pass over to Hurdle, moving um, the goaltender from side to side, and I just thought it was such a great interchange and just such creativity east-west that we haven't seen from this team in a while. So you know, I just like 
how each guy kind of plays off of each other. And, and Ian, you're absolutely right. They're starting to kind of get those cues in the way that they skate and kind of knowing where the each other's going to be on the ice. So definitely... yeah, now they just got to pass without putting in each other's skates, and we'll get somewhere. <laughs> um, well, it wouldn't be short. Li- it would be kind of short lived though, uh, because a minute seventeen uh, it was about what is it 30 30 seconds later um andrew mangiapani uh goes ahead and he uh ties it up we originally thought it was milan lucic um but this was the uh this was the controversial goal uh, of the game you know it's always going to be one and um, this one had to do with the puck being on the ice aiden hill had covered it but then um lucic and mangiapani both go to you know push the puck into the net and to me, it's 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 another one of those subjective calls because I think it's he's got to have full control over it or if, or if not, it's still a live puck. And I think you yeah, just... and I don't think he really had that. Um, he never really had it, but at the same time, like if you're pushing, if you're using your stick to push the pads and yeah. you're causing the goaltender lose control of the puck. Shouldn't that count as goaltender interference? Like, or like, I never understand this call because it goes both yeah. ways yeah. all the time. And there's, it's murky for a reason because even the NHL doesn't even want to clear it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you're, you're absolutely right. And we have a couple of those gray areas still left in the game. And this is definitely where one of them is. Um, but you know what? For me, guys, it's rule it one way or another. Just be consistent. If you're going to be more conservative and and let them, you know, go at it, hack at it, you know, twenty extra seconds, then make that the rule. But if you're going to, yeah, really it's hard. Pull, like, yeah, I I didn't I didn't really have a problem. Like when after watching like a bajillion replays, I I didn't really have a problem with the goal. Um, I I don't know the way I saw it. I think the puck was already over the line before the sticks really came in. So like, I didn't really have an issue with the goal, but um, based on like, but, but at first I was like, that's not even a goal. And then finally you kind of saw the angle where, okay, that's a goal. And then you're like, well, maybe that's like, I would have made the, I don't, I don't blame the sharks for making the, um, for making the challenge. I would have made the challenge too. But after we kind of saw a few more replays, I didn't really have much issue with how it went. I think it could have went either way, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe, maybe I just like, I need new medication. Cause I'm just, I can't summon any anger this season. So I just far. want them to be consistent. Like, or even like take 20 seconds for an HL rep to say, Hey, the puck went in before the stick hit something like just explain it to both the people in the stadium people in the arena and in the audience yeah who are watching yeah yeah i i, I agree like i think but it took it would be way nice too if we long. could look at a play and and be like okay that's interference but i'm like i said i i i have trouble mustering too much anger over he can't, it he can't feign outrage people he can't no. do it <laughs> no i like like that's the one thing like at least when you know like if i come on here and i like i'm angry i'm genuinely angry like i'm not gonna just <laughs> put on a show yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, we've got uh, 90, 90 plus viewers right now. Thank you so much. And thank you for uh, trucking through this 
nasal issue that we've been we've been fighting through. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you haven't already, please like and subscribe and uh, tell your friends. You know, normally the production value is a lot higher, but again, some of us have to fight through some stuff like Michael Jordan, right? little tear um, <laughs> uh, but no I think honestly though the guy who really stood out for me in that second period had to be Aiden Hill because after that little flurry that we got one you know tied up it was all flames and they had yep. three power plays and Aiden Hill I mean we had been all of us I think all three of us had at one time been a little iffy on him and, and said, okay, there was one or two goals we don't like here or there. We really liked the tools that he's got. We think he's, you know, uh, the base foundation for elite goaltender is there, but maybe some of the decision-making. But, guys, we didn't see any of that tonight. Tonight it was aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. He was posting up really well. I, I thought he played his angles very well. I, I guys talk about Aiden Hill and, and Ian. I mean, just what did you see tonight that was different? Yeah, I mean, I I just think he he looked he was really confident, and he had like don't get me wrong, he had some moments early where I was pretty nervous because I think the one thing that I've noticed about Hill is sometimes he overreacts to a shot a little bit, which causes him to to do like he he can. When you look at the difference between him and, and James Reimer, is James Reimer doesn't really waste any movement. He's very square calculated. to the shot, takes the shot, calculated, right? Like it's all it's it's all seems part of the plan. Whereas like Aiden Hill's the Joker, like he's all over the fucking place. Squirrely, <laughs> like he's he's kind of squirrely. He kind of overreacts to shots, but but I agree. Stay locked like, in. Stay locked in. I don't know if I'd go stay locked in because stay lock <laughs> stay locked just kind of wanders. <laughs> Right. And I, I think I, I think like Aiden Hill yeah, does kind of overcompensate for shots sometimes and he kind of overreacts to shots, but he's not wandering out to the circle overreacting oh, to shots. Yeah. Right. That's the difference. Like he's kind of he still even though he overreacts to some shots, he still pretty much holds his angles and stays in stays where he should be he's not wandering you know sometimes he wanders out like he did make that one save where he went and tackled Lindholm basically but I think that's the big difference but I think when he's if he doesn't once he settled in like he stopped kind of overreacting to shots like there was the I mean look and some shots are, are gonna be tricky right like the one where he scared the hell of me when the dude's stick broke and that's hard because you expect that shot to be coming in at way faster than it's going to come in when the stick breaks like that right and that kind of scared the hell out of me a little bit but i thought once he kind of got that out of his system he's big he cuts his angles he plays his angles really well he squares to the shot really well and he's huge so he doesn't have to he doesn't have to come out and challenge guys like he doesn't have to come super far to the crease to challenge guys and i think that works really well too because he has really good lateral movement and the bigger you are the more you can the closer you can stay to your net it makes it a lot easier to laterally move and cut those angles when the puck goes to the left or right and i think that's the that's what aiden hill did really well tonight yeah the shots were 19 to 8 in the second period and like i count two to three posts that if they gone the other way we're talking about a flames win but the big thing for the sharks this year that i've kind of worried about is just clearing the puck like mm-hmm. we saw in the Devils game where there was that late third period goal that they should have had just clear the puck. And they did that pretty well this, you know, this tonight. 
as I say this year, but <laughs> it's still pretty pretty early on. But um, you know, they did that tonight, but like what you're mostly worried about is just having a consistent offensive game for 60 minutes. Um, I'm glad Hill can steal one of those, but like let's make no doubt, like Hill is not like a you know top tier goalie. Dominic Hasicki is not. No. No, I think um, I he, think he, he needs help. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think for me though, I like the like I said, the the tools that he has um as a goaltender. Um I, I I just think that there's like I said, the foundation is there for a good goaltender and, and I think a, a franchise type goaltender. But it's gonna take it's gonna take some growing pains, right? And you mm-hmm. know, I think tonight we still saw a few rebounds get kicked out um, pretty far. Uh, yeah, that's that's the one thing. Like if Aiden, that's the one weakness I would think in Aiden Hill's game is that if he cannot glove that shot, if he has to, if he's making saves with his pads specifically, and he can't, he has a hard time putting those rebounds into good places. And I think that's a concern for sure. Yeah, and and I think that. I, I don't know. I think for me, at least, he's still got to prove that he can be consistent. And Oh, for sure. Like he's, yeah. he's has, he has so few games, right? Like it's, it's so hard to say, like it's, di- it's, it's difficult to know what he is. Cause I don't think we really know what Aiden Hill is yet. There's just hasn't been enough games. I, I think that, you know, like, yeah, he had a rough game. I thought he had a really good game this game, but I mean, the jury's still out on what he is. Right. And I think he is the Sharks starting goalie like right now. I mean, Reimer has played against um, you know, the other beat and others he hasn't played against the best teams the Sharks have faced against. It's mostly been Hill versus Boston, Hill versus yeah, Winnipeg. Um the the Sharks trust Hill to make those make those games. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think so. I think you're, you're kind of seeing that it is a one A one B type situation, and the B part is is Reimer. But I also like the way in which Reimer is is really forcing some some difficult decisions with the coaching staff. And I'm sure tonight was one of those nights where they're kind of thinking about it. You know, what which way do we go now? It's, again, it's good to see Hill. You know, take his opportunity and really run with it. Um, yeah, because going into tonight, I was like, I would probably start Grimer. Exactly. And, you know, but like credit to Hill, I think because I think I don't think I was alone in the hmm, maybe we should start Grimer this game. Calgary has been really good this year, you know, so good on Aiden Hill for coming out and having that game. Yeah. Uh, this would have been his, what, third straight game for Grimer? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. No, his... no, no. We oh, actually, no, no, because no, no. uh, Hill played against St. Louis. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the way they're using their goaltending so far, though. Like, there's no, I think, I think they lean to Rhyme uh, to Hill, sorry, as like the guy that they want to be a star. Because hey, look at James Reimer, as much as I love James Reimer, is no spring chicken. Like, he is not the long term solution and goal. Aiden Hill, younger guy, you know, a lot more road ahead of him. Obviously, like that's the ideal thing going forward. Be for Hill to be the guy going forward, but it's not. I don't think it's Hill's net yet, and I and I like that, and I think it should stay that way as long as you know, as long as it works. Agreed, agreed. Um, so now going into that third period, it was 
I, I think we kind of all had that collective sigh of relief after that second period that Hill had kind of kept it in and kept it 1-1. Going into that third, you know, the, the teams were pretty even. And I felt that, you know, the Sharks had cup, a couple of really good flurries. And then they had the goal come in at 4-16 and I, or 4-18. And it was just like a little floater that Logan, you know, you know, puts on net. You've got, um, I believe it was um, Dolan streaking across in front of, um, in front of the goaltender, and he just lost the puck, and it just, you know, well, it, it just... deflected. It went off of Zadorov's stick, so I think yeah. it changed oh. direction. So Markstrom went Markstrom. right, and then the puck goes left. Like it's one of those things where, you know, the it's deflections are super hard as a goalie because you don't the puck just magically changes direction and it's hard when you're already getting set to go in one direction and then obviously being on skates and it was just good to see logan couture out there because in the second period it seemed like there was a shot off the wrist oh i was like Um, broken hand right there broken hand and or broken wrist because hand something like that because he Um, just walked straight back to the dressing room and you know when he does that he's like he's got something really really bad going on you know even against St. Louis, like he had like a check into the glass that he seems like he walked off completely fine. No, yeah. no broken teeth. Like, I don't know if this guy's going to make it through the season, the way things are going, but um, he is definitely leading by example. And it was a relief on the scoreboard, a scoreboard, a scoreboard uh, to see the Sharks up to one with a lot of time remaining, but at least you can sit back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with the way the sharks came out, like, and that's, that's the thing, right? Like after that second period, it would have been really easy to be just completely demoralized, but they didn't, they, they roll over and they didn't, they came out and they, and they, I thought they were the better team for the first half of that, you know, especially, you know, once they got the goal, I think Calgary did counter punch a little bit, um, a little bit there, but, the Sharks didn't really let up. Like it wasn't like we had a repeat of the second period after that goal was scored, which I think I was really afraid of was, okay, now they got the goal and now it's going to go back to being the second period again. And, you know, and and Aiden Hill's going to have to keep them in it. But to their credit, I thought they played a really, really strong third. Uh, And Jerry, thank you so much for the uh, super chat. Well, it's not really a super chat donation. It's a Venmo donation. And that's where we really like to have it. Um, we don't uh, get any fees or anything tacked on by the Google. So thank you so much, Jerry, and appreciate it. And yeah, I, I just have to echo with what you guys had said. I think leading by example, Logan doing a really good job doing that. And I think just the team in general showing a good set of defensive fundamentals. They they turtled a little bit. I would say probably around the eight, nine minute mark where it seemed like it was either they turtled or Calgary really had Calgary just came on. I mean, yeah. you're, you haven't lost in your bill in your building yet. Look yeah. at these teams know what the sharks are putting on the ice right now. Like it's no one wants to take that L. Yeah. Especially at home. Like <laughs> you want to take that all at home? No, I, I don't think they turtled. I just think again, like the, the puck's gonna you know the the ice is gonna tilt when there's more talent on one side than the other but i will give them this after i would say the 16 minute mark it seemed like san jose had 
more chances and brought the puck down in the offensive zone and and really wasted some time and and I think that they should have been commended for that because again it's they're kind of pushing back the game within the game and I thought they did an awesome job there um you know Tomas well, the big moment okay. well the big moment was the Nick Benino block right. that mm-hmm. kind of seemed like it kind of put more energy in the Sharks lineup for the next three or four minutes and the Flames spent a lot of energy in that second period. You can kind of tell they didn't have the legs in that third period. Um, I'm sure that has something to do with it, but um, overall, this is just a great team win. Yeah. 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 Uh, Tomas Hurdle getting the empty net, um, you know, like I said, doing Yeoman's work down low, and then, you know, he brings it up and takes the puck all the way to the offensive zone. Yeah. Then he pressures the, uh, the flame player and is able to strip the puck and do a, uh, a wrap around and, and get the goal in and um, Burns w- and Hill, you know, Hill coming up again with another assist there. And, uh, you know, the team then shooting down the puck and getting another goal this time by Jonathan Dolan, uh, Hill almost getting another assist. Uh, he would almost add a three assist night guys. Um, I mean, if he would have, if he would have shot that puck himself and put it in, I mean, what would Hill not have done tonight? Hill to forward. We should probably talk about the uh, hit on Barabanov because there's a lot of uh, talk in the chat about that. So we should probably hit that quick too. Yeah. And from my perspective, guys, it I think it's going to be one of those taller guy, you know, on a guy that's not looking at it and I don't think there's going to be any kind of supplemental discipline to it I don't like the hit and I think that those are one of those kind of hits that the NHL is trying to get out of the game but you also have to be a little bit responsible there if you're the puck carrier um, and, and he just turns his head completely to the play and unfortunately puts himself in a dangerous position so I think because of that yeah, I mean, circumstance I don't think there's going to be you know, anything coming around on it I'm with you. I don't think there's any, like, I don't think that even gets looked at. Um, is it a good hit? No. Is it late? Probably a little bit. It's this, the, it's, this is one of the hits though, where I have a hard time because like knowing what we know about head trauma and everything else, like I understand why these hits have to go, but this one didn't feel that egregious to me. Like it wasn't like he threw the elbow or like everything. And I know, and I, and I know, that it just just because you tuck everything in and don't you know if you still hit the head if the head still the principal point of contact it's still the principal point of contact i i get that but to me it's just like it's it's one of those things where i know it's not a good hit but at the same time i'm like if if that was a shark player hitting a calgary flame player i i'm not crying about it so i'm not gonna cry like i don't i it didn't really bother me like i i think of head hits it wasn't really that egregious i don't i don't know like i i and i agree that i'm probably in the wrong here and i'm sure a lot of people are shaking their heads in disgust at the screen right now and that's fine i get it we're allowed to disagree i i just it's like it's still hockey it's still a contact sport and i think you know he has to finish his hit or if he doesn't hit finish his hit then he goes and sits on the bench and I don't know. I, I think it's a lose-lose. Yeah. For me, oh, it looks yeah. like he extends his elbow a bit. And it, like, I agree with your what you guys are saying. And 
like in my point of view, if NHL really cared about protecting players from CTE, like this hit would be a three-game automatic suspension. For sure. But we but we know the NHL doesn't want to even touch this subject or even talk about it. So what they'll probably do is suspend them the max under the player's CBA, and hopefully no one talks about this hit ever again. Fine, yeah, <laughs> fine, fine in the max, yeah, yeah, and and, yeah. and I, I I think that that's just kind of what what's going to happen on this one because I don't think it's egregious I don't enough. Think it's be anything, yeah. Uh, John, John, thank you so much. We, I mean, we we put this on for the fans uh, again. This was uh, a passion project because uh, of the lack of coverage for the Sharks. And we're just happy that we can provide a place where like-minded folks can come and talk and, you know, just talk about their favorite team. So thank you and appreciate everybody uh, hopping on tonight. Um, Really, really awesome. So we'll go over the stats real quick. Shots on goal, like we had kind of alluded to, uh, it was kind of a bloodbath. 26-38 in favor of the Flames. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Face face off 48% to 52% in favor of the Flames. Uh, Sharks go over 2 on the power play. Flames go over 3. I mean, really brutal. 17 hits for the Sharks, 16 hits for the Flames. And this is an away game counter guys and and uh, the flames guys are notorious for patting the hits and to have more hits than the flames tells you something that this team put a lot of it on the ice uh, 15 blocks for the sharks 10 blocks for the flames giveaways uh creeping back up again nine giveaways tonight but the flames had 10 so kind of just goes to show you that it was a really hard four checking type game really you know the body was flying and you were getting a lot of steals and takeaways from the pucks um, and, and so I think you kind of see that bearing out in the stats tonight, but I mean, hell of a job by Aiden Hill. He'll end up tonight with a 974 per save percentage, uh, saving 37 of 38 shots and, um, your ice time leaders on the blue line, Mario Ferraro and Brent Burns, of course, 26, 18 for Ferraro, 27, 44 for Burns. Not too bad. You know, they're reducing a little, um, you know they were hitting that half hour mark, but they've kind of reined it in just a little, and uh, that's good because I think they had to though because like yeah. again in the second period like those guys were getting like a lot of people were getting longer shifts than they wanted to in the second, so you had to rein that in the third or they they would run the wheels off completely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Al, what what are your thoughts so far on the ice time distributions for the for the back end and and um what the, all this extra time for Ferraro and Burns? What do you think of it? I mean, I I've been pleasantly surprised with Ferraro. Um, I mean, Burns has been pr- playing pretty well, but like my only complaint with Burns is that playing him twenty seven minutes in November, early November, is just not sustainable. Um, like the rest of the f- youngsters, like. They're evenly spread out, but when you have no Carlson, no Velasic, um, we knew going in those two were going to play the, the, the top line minutes. So this was a game I think the Sharks I, – I didn't expect the Sharks to get a point out of this, but the fact they got two – uh, is just more of a credit to those two. And I mean, guys, I'm going to give you a name for the ice time leader over on the forwards. Um, who, who, just quickly, a guess, Ian, without looking at it, who do you think's got the most ice time on the forwards tonight? Hurdle? Uh, that would be incorrect. Hurdle was up there. He was at 1756, but he is not the leader. Al? Uh, 
Benino because of the penalty kills. Ah, mm. Benino is at 1830, but still not the person I'm thinking of. Is Rudy Balser's with almost 19 minutes, 1856 Jeez. tonight. And uh, that just kind of goes to show you, we were all saying he had a really good game. Oh. Um, <clears throat> he had two <laughs> shots on goal tonight. Um, and I think he was just really, really creative. And you saw that in the offensive zone. So it's good to see, you know, Rudy taking advantage and um, really showing the staff he can handle some minutes. I also wonder if some of that is getting him in the zone, though, too. That's well, I mean, he had he had two minutes and 34 seconds on the uh, on the PK. And... But I mean, that's like just because of the second, right? Like you when you when you get completely worked like they did in the second it's hard to get off and i just wonder if that plays a factor a little bit yeah more than, <laughs> <laughs> more than so the coaches he, being like he, yeah yeah we'll send rudy out there for 20 minutes but why not he, so you're uh, so bad that you were on the ice for that long yeah yeah he he gave himself that ice time <laughs> I, I don't know if you i don't want to say he gave himself i just think that when you're again when you're chasing the puck around your zone and you can't complete a pass and you can't make the simple play to get it out of your zone. It's hard to get a line change. And I, I just, I wonder if that's more to play here. Yeah. Well, I mean, that ends up, uh, you know, doing it for your sharks who, who end up beating the flames four to one tonight uh, in regulation, just a great solid effort um, by the entire team, but Aiden Hill really standing strong and um, the team rewarding him with enough offense and, you know, to, for the three stars, it's Aiden Hill, number one, Brent Burns, number two, Milan Lucic with number three. Uh, okay, okay. I, I guess. <laughs> uh, flames gonna flames, I guess. One beat writer makes the three stars, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Well, I guess we have to talk about another incident in the NHL. And, you know, this is, I, I don't know, like, I I just I don't I don't get it, guys. Um, if you hadn't seen, Bob Murray is on uh, administrative leave, um, oh, yes. placed placed on there because of an investigation, and I think we can all kind of see the writing on the wall with all the investigations that have been going on, and you know you don't want to make any kind of assumptions, but one has to think that there's shenanigans afoot in the Anaheim organization, Ian. Well, okay, so basically from what I – and I haven't looked super far into this, but basically it's just like a lot of – sounds like a lot of intimidation and stuff. But I think after Chicago and basically the league put out a memo saying like if there's something going on, it needs to be reported and we're not screwing around. And I think the NHL has done some really tone-deaf things, but – to put it mildly yes. but i think that you know this is kind of a factor there where it's like you know if you're not if you don't have like a a work if you don't have like a positive workplace environment where you know if you're running your front office in a way that you could not run a business anywhere else in the real world then you know probably it's time to put an end to that kind of nonsense i i, I we don't know much yet obviously um i think obviously when you look at this compared to the Chicago situation, I think Anaheim obviously handled that a lot better uh, in that respect. You know, it's like based on what we preliminarily have, we're going to send them away from the team. while we complete our investigation where, 
you know, Chicago is like, ah, everything's fine. We'll just leave everyone doing what they're doing. And uh, when the investigation comes up, we'll deal with it then. And obviously, look how that turned out. So I think I, I will give Anaheim credit for for probably doing what they should do in this situation. But this is complaints that apparently go back here. So I'm not going to, you know, pat them too hard on the back because yeah. this is probably something that should have been dealt with sooner. And it's another thing that sucks in a great but, game stupid league yeah and and i mean we just it's again though we have to talk about another you know con- controversy right <laughs> if you want to be uh if you want to be british but I, I just is it are we finally seeing the reckoning or are, are, are we finally seeing that happen is is this a result of that or do you think this would have come out anyways had everything with Chicago not gone down the way it had I don't think we're out of the woods at this yet because even like today like the Pittsburgh Penguins settled a lawsuit with Mm -hmm. an ex-AHO coach's wife and then like like the story to like really keep an eye on is what happens with Bill Guerin because he is in line to be the U.S. Team USA's general manager um and there's a lot of discussion about everything in his past and who he's been associated with. Um, if he happens to become the next team, you say GM, I think there's going to be a, I, I'm not too sure what's going to happen. Um, I think there's more discussions now about just, I don't know, just the optics of that. Yeah. The optics of it. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, I think, I hope I hope that this is the sea change. You know, that I don't we think it need. is though. Like, I I really don't think it is. I think there's going to be some sacrificial lambs, and then eventually we'll move on to the next thing, and then that'll be business as usual again. Like, I just, I just don't think that there's. I don't think it's going to be reckoning because again, like the league's run by lawyers. And I know everything that the league is doing is completely tone deaf and awful, but it's because they're run by lawyers and they don't want to do anything that might be interpreted as, yep, we screwed up. Please come sue us. Yeah. And I know that sucks. And I understand that people are like, you know, be human, but you, they're lawyers. They're not human to begin with. So what do you want? <laughs> They've been talking about this whole situation like they do with CTE, which is a more yeah. alarming. And, you know, uh, Rick Westhead guy who broke no not broke solely there's a lot of people like katie strain and mm-hmm. so forth i uh, had another great interview with uh the mother of john doe too uh i would definitely seek that out on tsn sports center um it's kind of hard to watch so if that's something that's not your alley yeah um, don't put yourself in a bad place like i, I can't it. watch this because i'll put myself in a bad place and i'm not so i i think but if you can stomach it then yeah check it out but uh it, but don't but don't check it out and put yourself in a bad place if that's where you think you might end up yeah. but i do recommend still watching the kyle beach interview and still <laughs> being informed about what is going on with the whole situation yeah yeah yeah, and, and I think there's still going to be some fallout left for that. I know that the PA is doing their own investigation on their handling it. And, uh, you know, I think we've all... Well, I mean, there's so, I mean, there's so many failures, right? Like, the, yeah. the Players Association should have done something. And I know there's a lot of calls for, for Batman's head, too. And I, I can't blame them. 
But well, I just I I just want like here's the problem, right? Like yes, Batman is the face of the league, but as long as the, the there's certain owners that are behind Batman that are still in the, it doesn't matter who they put there. There's not much is going to change. I yep. think you're talking about Jerry Jerry Jacobs, right? Oh yeah, that whole cabal. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Because <laughs> those are the guys that actually run the league. Batman's the face. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's the shield. All right, guys. Well, enough with the uh, with the the heartbreaking yeah, we part won. of the game, and we won. And I I think I think it's time to lighten the mood just a little bit. Have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. Well, we will give you the courtesy. Of the NHL reach around tonight, <laughs> the Bruins. Is this, the, is this where we talk about the Martin Jones uh, goaltender site right now? Uh oh, <laughs> hey, 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 we'll get there. We'll get there. Talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we will get there. <laughs> uh, the uh, the Bruins uh, beat the Senators tonight, three to one, uh, three to two. Excuse me. Uh, Zach Sanford, Zaitsev scoring for the Senators with Brad Marchand. Uh, Forbit and Patrice Bergeron with the goals for the Brewers, uh, Bruins. Oh God, why am I saying Brewers? I'm th- still thinking of uh, baseball. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Over out uh, the Canadians' uh, neck of the way, they fall to the Kings. Uh, surprisingly, and the Kings are now on a little bit of a hot streak, guys. Three to two against the Canadians in overtime. Uh, Lemieux and I follow. Uh, with Kempe in your overtime scoring for the Kings and the Canadians, Sherratt and Evans, uh, Jake Allen getting the loss there and, and Peterson getting the um, getting the win for L.A. The Hurricanes beat the Lightning in overtime two to one and the, the Hurricanes just bounce right back from their loss and uh, get get it done in, in overtime against the Lightning. You've got uh, Tara Vinen and uh, Nikas with the goals for the Hurricanes and Stamkos with the goal for the Lightning. Uh, yeah, the first period of that game kind of looked like the second period of the, our, our game. Like Carolina was all over uh, all over the the Lightning and then Steven Stamkos scores, of course, because, you know, that's how the league works. Because Vasilevsky, again, I mean, what can you say about him? He's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. He he did yeoman's work. That that is for sure. Uh, the Devils, uh, resurgent Devils, maybe question mark. Uh, beat up on the Panthers seven to three, and the Panthers had been really really hot, but kind of taken a little bit of a downturn. But Bennett, uh, Barkoff, and Tippett with the goals for the Panthers. Then let's see, we got Johnson, Heisher, Johnson again, Subban, Zaka, Smith, and VC with your s- scores for the Devils. The Red Wings beat the Oilers four to two, and yeah, the second in the Atlantic Division, Red Wings, because we all called that at the beginning of the season, <laughs> right? I mean, oh, oh my goodness, I, I think Mort Sider and uh, and the other the other Red Wing are both vying for that Rookie of the Year. Of course, you know we've got our own rep in uh, Jonathan Dolan, but. Boy, the Red Wings, you're starting to see now all of those draft capitals starting to bubble up. Ian, you know what the scary thing is? Like, this isn't even, this is just starting. This is like two years too early. Yeah. Like, this is just, (laughs) this is just starting. And I don't think it lasts. Like, I think eventually they fall back to earth. This is just the beginning. Like, this is not even, this is not even their final form. Yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they're 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 going to look really really monstrous coming up. Um, but Nemestikov. Yeah, Nemestikov, Larkin, Cider, um, with Nedjudovic with the the win. Um, Pugliarvi and McDavid scoring for the Oilers. The Blues yeah. beat the Jets three to two in the shootout. Uh, you've got Buchnevich, uh, Kairou scoring for the uh, Blues, and you've got Pionk uh, and uh, Connor scoring for the yeah, Jets. Kairou's Ky- been really good this year for them. Finally kind of blossoming into the player, I think, that a lot of people thought he was going to be when uh, when he was drafted. Um, Kairou used to, Jordan Kairou used to drive me crazy when he would come to the suit because he just light us up. Yeah, I mean, and Kyle Connor, I mean, really... Oh, Kyle Connors. He's a, yeah, he he is he is on fire, on fire. Uh, switching over to the Blackhawks and the Penguins. The Blackhawks edging out the Penguins in the shootout. You've got uh, Carter with two goals, and then you've got uh, Correa Jones and uh, for the Blackhawks, and then Martin. Uh, you got uh, Mark Andre Fleury with the win in the shootout. Of course, the Sharks beat the Flames four to one. And the final game of the evening, the Ducks beat the Canucks 3-2 in overtime. Fowler, Lundstrom with your goals overtime from Troy Terry. And the Canucks have JT Miller and Elias Pettersson scoring for them. And now the Ducks also putting up quite a good show. So you've got the Ducks, the Kings, and the Sharks all starting to put together some wins, guys. And yeah, I don't know. What what is this? What are we watching? I, oh, we I guess we have the to talk Pacific. about. I guess we have to talk yeah. about the Knights and the Kraken too. So the Golden yeah. Knights uh, beat the Kraken four to two. Peter Angelo, uh, Dadenoff, Smith uh, with two goals, with Revan Leonard with this the uh, the win for the Knights. It's so, just the Pacific. Like I look at I I just it, it's Pacific teams playing each other. <laughs> yeah, it's just a whole lot of mediocre teams playing it. Like right, like I just. I don't know. I mean, Vegas, I think Vegas is going to start. Vegas isn't going to be dog forever. They're incredibly banged up. And I think once they start getting healthy bodies back, I think they will start ascending to where we thought they would be. Like, I, this isn't going to last forever. Um, but like, I don't know. The Ducks, I think the Flames are for real. The Ducks, I'm not too sure what to think of the Ducks, even though, you know, five wins in a row. So what the hell do I know? Um, I think the Kings, after a rough start, I think they, you know, they've done a lot of, uh, they've done a lot of winning too. So maybe they're starting to kind of find their way. A lot of these teams, like, you know, you're getting a lot of young players infused into a lot of these lineups. Like the Vancouver Canucks are a team that like their half their roster was turned over from last year. So I think, a lot of these teams coming out of the gate slow and then starting to pick up steam. Now, none of it really surprises me with division heavy play. And again, the Pacific division isn't the Titan of the league. So I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to look decent. My, my only concern with Vegas is, you know, when they made that run to the Stanley cup, they had three to four really good lines. They can throw at at any time mm-hmm. with this Eichel trade with Alex Tuck going back and, the other player and a couple other draft picks, like they're losing a lot of their depth. And yes. I, I don't know if just having Eichel and who is not going to be back for the next three to five months, who that's like on the extremely short end of it. 
Um, I don't even think he's going to be back this year. I think it's more of a 2023 play um, in my point, but um, I just don't see Vegas. Like I'm sure they're going to make a surge, but I don't think they're going to be as Stanley cup contenders as with the, as last year. But they could search to the top of the Pacific. Absolutely though. That's, that's the thing. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying they're going to come back and then roll over and, you know, sweep their way to the cup. I just think that they'll, be a playoff team with the bullet no problem yeah and i mean for me guys um look they got they finally got the white whale that center that they had been after for years <laughs> that one years. Though. yes yeah i but I, I still you've got jack eichel and you've got a decent goaltender you can fill out the roster from there you know what I mean? So I mm-hmm. think I think that there is something to be said for the depth play that you guys are talking. I think it, it really did strip mine the depth. But I also think, you know, how can you lose if you're getting the best player in the trade? So it's hard because, like, again, with the, with the salary cap, like that team is going to be like I, I, I think that that team could be a team where I don't want to say that, like, they could end up being the Sharks, but I mean, they kind of could, right? Where, I mean, you looked at last year when you had to bring Patrick Marlowe in because you didn't have kids step up enough and you had to find somebody on the cheap that would fit under the cap. Like, is that going to be the Golden Knights? Could be. Could be. Yeah. All right, guys. So I think we teased it out long enough. Go ahead, Al, on the musings you have of Martin Jones. <laughs> What's the uh, save percentage of Martin Jones? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll just save that for Sunday. <laughs> it's nine fifty. It, it's nine fifty, it, everyone. <laughs> it's nine fifty, but it's three games. Three games. He has to start twenty. He has to play twenty games. <laughs> In 20 games, if he can hold over a 915, then I'll shut up. But I don't think that's going to happen. Let's fill it up. Like, what kind of twilight zone are we living in when Martin Jones goes to the goalie graveyard of the league and then becomes a monstrosity? Like, I, I'm I'm not like I'm not worried. Like, I, I I'm happy for him. Like, obviously, I, I said this on another show. Like, I, I I was surprised he even got an NHL job this year. And so, I mean, you know, good on him for taking the ball and running with it. And I think Philadelphia has been really uh, has, has been a better, better team this year. And that division's tough. Yep. Like that Metro is just it's it's a murderer's row of teams. So I, credit, man, I'll, I'll I, I give them full marks. I just don't think it'll last because we've seen Martin Jones have hot streaks that last for a few games and then go ridiculously the other way. And I'm very confident that's still going to happen at some point. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't know, guys. It's, it's and if it doesn't, the, then you get to watch me shave my head. Win-win. Yeah, and that'd be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we get a live stream, and I hope that um, it's the plan. You know, we'll we'll uh, we'll get it this spring. Nice. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've never rooted for a Philadelphia team more than I ever have. <laughs> 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 all right guys well we're hitting the uh we're hitting the hour mark so i think it is uh high time that we start to close it out here so in uh in case you missed us uh check us out across all of the podcasting universe that is apple podcasts the google play store youtube uh replays you got soundcloud 
Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, and of course, all of the great news and editorials over at Teetletown USA. Uh, quickly going around, Ian, uh, final thoughts on tonight's victory and where the people can find you. I think that like my final thoughts are this. Um, if you've been angry at this team, I need to know why, because I haven't. If I can't find a, a reason to get angry at this team so far, I, I need to understand how anyone could be mad at this team so far. Yeah, they haven't won all their games, but I think given everything that they've done, they've played admirably and they've been great. Um, and I'd just like to point out that we've spent this hour, whatever, giving you our opinions. We'd like to see yours uh, in the comments down below once this video is done. Um, you can find me at Ian Blogs Hockey on the Twitter machine, um, and I like to talk hockey there. So uh, come at me. It'd be cool. <laughs> yeah and just to echo what ian had said it helps us with the algorithm when you guys do comment so leave us some some comments that way we can get some of these youtube replay uh numbers up and we can uh, reach the quest for three thousand. i think that's the next uh, milestone we've got going on al where can the people find you and your final thoughts on the evening uh, I echo most of what Ian said. Um, <laughs> I liked the, st the start of this this year's squad more than last year. Um, I like the additions of Benino and Reimer this year. Um, but yeah, like honestly, um, great start. Keep keep it going against Winnipeg, and uh, the big test again is against Colorado uh, when everyone comes back. Mm -hmm. um, but. Uh, as usual, we'll probably keep on talking about this game and all other Sharks stuff in the Discord. So we'll see you there later tonight. Um, but uh, you can find me on Twitter at AlMartinAon for everything else that I do. And I'll see you over there. Yeah, and uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, for trucking through with the uh, with the sinus issues. We appreciate it. Uh, as far as where you could find me, you can find me at Eric Landy. That's my first name last name on all the social media garbage and uh let's see if i can get this uh outro right keep it real keep it teal keep it real teal thank you everybody and have a great night we will see you after the next game <laughs>